Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Night Court. I'm Rob Fisher, along with Brevin Knight, as we talk basketball with you. Glad you're with us. You can catch us on Twitter at Night Court 22, at The Fish Nation, and at Brevin Knight 22. And of course, you can follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening today. We got a lot to talk about. BK, how you doing, man? Man, I'm, I'm doing great. The only thing is, we got to be indoors. This is back to back indoors, uh, indoor. Yeah, recordings that we've had to do. So that that other than that, I'm I'm fantastic. Yeah, we're good, and we're back home after being gone forever. Uh, <laughs> it feels like it. It was a it was a crazy trip. With uh, we left Memphis when it was miserable in Memphis, <laughs> and we went to miserable Minneapolis, <laughs> followed by miserable Chicago, followed by actually balmy Toronto, where it was a nice twenty degrees out. I mean, that was, it was nice for us to be in the positives. Yeah. They've been in the negatives in the other cities. That was good. And then Miami, uh, which didn't really fit on the trip, but it was lovely. <laughs> it was it was, it was was gorgeous. It was a nice way to end the trip. It was. It was almost like, oh, I'm going to send you, at least send you back home with a with a better feeling than what you've had these previous eight days. Boy, for how much I wanted to get home when we were in Toronto, though, I still wanted one extra night in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's unfair. I, and the thing is, is I, I, we, when we were down there, it was like, just think about it, man. We went from negative temperatures, and we just took a three-hour flight, and we were in, at this point, winter paradise. I mean, walking around with shorts and T-shirts, people jumping in the pool, oh. tanning. It's like, it, it was it was literally like we had warped to some other time zone. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was something else. And now we're back home where it was warm again. Uh, where- it was beautiful. <laughs> we left here, we left here, and under snow, ice, yeah. trying to find a, a lane on a highway or on a road. To, the tracks have been made so that you can drive safely. To you can crack your window and drive. Now. Exactly, exactly. So it's good to be back home, and it was a good trip for the Grizzlies, going two and two on the road trip. Dropped the first two at Minnesota and Chicago, and then uh, coming back and winning the last two at Toronto and at Miami. Um, the trip overall, I mean, good good trip. The Chicago game was a little disappointing. That's uh, the only game. It, it got away and just wasn't good. But Minnesota competed hard for the whole game, and then of course the two wins at the end. Oh, I, I thought it was as you said. It was it was a really good trip. The Minnesota game, it was it was just one run. They started got into the fourth quarter. Uh, Anthony Edwards kind of woke up, uh, and the, the the heartbreaker was just that Jaron Jackson Jr., who had a dominating first half. Uh, just got into foul trouble in the second half. And, yeah. and, and then that was just too much for the guys to try to hold down the, the, the number one team in the Western Conference uh, on their home floor, give their crowd a, a ton of credit because it, it went from stunned that the Grizzlies were doing what they're doing to playoff atmosphere really quickly uh, yeah. in that arena. And so, uh, yeah, that, that was – and then you go to Chicago. And as you said, it was, it was just one of those games where they just couldn't find it. Chicago made some shots. They made enough plays, and, and it just – it was a dud. But then uh, after that, you go to Toronto, and, and I think it was – they weren't going to allow another Toronto team coached by Darko to outplay them, mm-hmm. out-hustle them. Uh, and they played with that mentality and, and was able to really dominate, dominate that game from beginning to end. And then it was like – I told you, when you get to that nice weather, it just gives you an injection of life. And then you read the scouting, you read the injury report, and all of a sudden there's no Santi and there's no Luke Kennard. And it's like the other guys are like, shoot, I've been waiting. Well, I t- it was funny because I talked to a few players in Toronto on the elevator. 
and just asked them about getting to the warmth of Miami. And they all just had a big smile on their face. They're like, I can't wait to get off the plane. Yes. I mean, it was that it was that feeling of just relief of getting to Miami. Man, and, and, and then they, they play like it. I mean, you talk about another spirited effort. Um, and, and we just continue to, for me, just continue to marvel at Vince Williams Jr. and what he's able to do. He continues to shoot the ball from the three-point line extremely well. Hasn't taken a step back on the defensive side. And a lot of times what can happen is if you start feeling it on offensively, you start thinking, oh, I'm offensive. And forget about really what was able to get you on the floor. He hasn't forgotten one thing. And so what it tells you is this is how he plays the game. Mm-hmm. It's not just a flash in the pan. This is, this is his mentality. And I like that he has such an edge with a smile. Like you said, he's like it's the Joker. It's an evil smile, yeah, it man. Is. I mean, <laughs> and, and I love the way he, he's, he's almost, he's very similar to Desmond Bain in this way. And that you don't look at them and see their demeanor as being very demonstrative in terms of, oh, they're going to talk junk or they're going to mm-hmm. be in your face. It's, but they do it while still with a smile or with that same demeanor. They're not and, doing it for the, for the audience, for the show. No, they're not. They're doing it because this is how I play the game. This is the edge I play with. But I'm going to keep it right here. Yeah. I don't need for everyone else to know what's going on. But in the midst of me smiling, in the midst of me scoring, in the midst of me just kind of having just a, a normal expression, oh, I'm still getting in your ass. And, and so that's that, that, seeing that start, that evolution, like his game is done what it's done. But I, the edge at which he plays with uh, has been a lot, a lot of fun to watch. It, it's hard when a team is sh- as shorthanded as the Grizzlies because guys are going to perform because 100 points are going to be scored. Guys, yes. guys are going to get their points. Guys are going to get opportunities to play. But, but he's, he's, he's above that. I mean, he's, he, you, you watch him play, and, I mean, he's a guy that you look at and you think, he could start in the NBA. Right. In the right situation, he definitely puts himself in that position. The other thing I like about it is we've seen him play with some of our regular guys. Mm-hmm. It hasn't just been since everyone decimated by the injuries. We've seen him play with our normal, with some of our normal rotation, normal starters, him coming into the game, being a part of it. And he still had an effect on the game. Mm-hmm. And so now to see him have more minutes without those guys, asked to do more, He's been able to do more. We've seen finishes around the basket. We've seen him be able to, to make some plays uh, off of the dribble. And so uh, I think it's been a revelation uh, to this team, but also to himself. Because a, a lot of times you, you, you think it inside, I know I can play, I know. I, but you got to go out there and see it in action. And so uh, him seeing it in action uh, has, has done wonders for him. But it's been, it's been fun to watch. Like, even though the injuries are there, listen, no need to keep talking about it. Guys aren't there. It's, it's been fun to have that mentality that we've had in the past of, okay, these guys aren't here, but we still got a chance to win. Mm-hmm. These guys, they, and they've competed their tails off every night. I said this Chicago game was a blip on the radar, but every other game, no matter what, if you've given them a crack, they've been able to take advantage. You have a big role nightly in the games being a part of the layup line. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know if you want to share, but when you when you when you have your little exchange with Vince, what 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 do you what do you say? I, I just kept telling him, keep being a killer, keep doing you, and having fun doing it. Mm-hmm. And that and and the, the good thing is he always it's always with a smile. 
I'm happy. I'm I'm happy to be out here. <laughs> you know that it's 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 been fun. The the only person I have to get ready for at this point in the layup line is Roddy. It's Roddy because he's about to he's about to knock you into me. <laughs> like literally, yeah. like and you're like 10, 15 feet away. <laughs> I, like, I noticed that. I right, it's like I get the handshake and then he's like, I'm I'm gonna finish these shots around the basket. Like he knows that he he, he can do a better job at, at doing that. And I, I say, listen, man. I, if it if that was the only thing you were doing, then it'll be like, bro, you gotta do something. But he do he does you do so many other things and you go so hard while doing it. But he but those hugs or those instances at that point, I gotta get back in the weight room. Yeah. It, it yeah. told me they're, I, they're I, strong, man. <laughs> I mean I saw I, I saw the game in Miami. You, yes. you braced. You braced. <laughs> you, you like bent your knees and everything. Uh, it's one that I gotta get ready for. And then uh <laughs> And then the other person that we talk about is 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 Jaron, and they didn't have a great game against Miami. Listen, listen, you're not going to be great every night. You know what I like though, is it did not affect his defensive yes. play. Yes. And, and and you could because I had a great seat in Miami. I'm right there on the front row. Yeah, let's <laughs> just rub it in. Go so ahead. it was great. Um, but just his demeanor, his yes. his play, it never affected him on the other end. No, and that and that's what you the the, the other good thing was he, they need a big basket. He got a big basket uh, with and fourth one. quarter got a couple of huge ones. Exactly yeah. where when the, when the team needed, and then also just being able to take extra defenders when you do something, like maybe you don't make the shot, but you take an extra defender that allows someone else to be good, and and that's that's the realization of how you can still affect games. But before this, before that game, every game leading up to it, I I just thought that his leadership by example has been fantastic. I mean, he's been thrust into a role that uh, he hadn't been in since he's been in the NBA. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he has been always the good player on his team, the, another option for them, but it's mostly on the defensive side. You knew what he could do offensively. But they had other guys that took the shine in terms of offensively. I mean, he, he has been asked to do a lot. And so even with, even with talking about guys who are role players doing more, I also say a guy who's a focal point, he also had to do more. And he has stepped up nicely to make it a lot easier for the role guys to still fit a role. Like they still things that they they know that he's a go-to player. He's been able to come through for him. So uh, he has done as as good a job as the other guys in their extended minutes. He's been he's been fantastic. Well, and I and I also liked that, you know, he we saw we saw it in Minnesota the way that he went and mm. Rudy Gobert was Boy, did impressive. It. He went at Bam a lot in in Miami and in. There were some block shots, but there were a lot of them he just missed. Yes, and, and they rolled in and out. But, but, but I like his aggressiveness. That he's he's taking the challenge of going against these big guys, some of the best big guys in the league. Right, and and he's doing it from different areas of the floor. Like this isn't in the mid post. Like we've had to use him as point forward, point center, <laughs> where he initiates the offense, offense brings the ball to the floor, goes one on one from those instances, or. Is able to get off the ball, set a screen, get into another position. So, uh, and still, with that all being said, still knock down the threes. And so, it's just, it's just been these. I think these are all things during the midst of these times that will help this team moving finish out this year. However, it should finish out going to next season. I mean, you think about the, the you're you're able to now come back with a full complement, and then some guys who now have gotten some a lot of experience. They've got confidence. Their roles will be different, but but at least they know that they can be counted on. Yeah. Gigi, we talked a lot about him last week mm-hmm. uh, after his two 20-point performances. 
Uh, he had a... It didn't play well against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But came back, and, and although he didn't get the points, played better against Chicago. Mm-hmm. And was okay against Toronto as well. And then had a really nice game against Miami. It, it you, you talked about wanting to see how active he is and how he you know, responds when maybe he's not scoring. And, and I think we saw that. He, he played pretty well. The, the, the operative word there is active. Yeah. Is activity. Like he has to stay involved in the game. And I think the, the Minnesota game, uh, the Chicago game, the, he wasn't as involved in the game. And being involved in the game doesn't mean how many shots you get. And so many times, that's all people think about is shot, shot. No, it is, are you in the right place defensively? Are you rebounding the basketball? Are you going to the offensive glass, the cuts to the basket? Are you running hard on the break so that it gives you an opportunity to maybe score in front of the defense? Uh, I thought those games, it was almost like he took a little bit of a step back, and that step back could have been trying to evaluate what do I do now? Right. How do I do this on the road in the NBA? Because the first two games were at home. People around can root you on. Now you go on the road, there's not that same rooting on. How do I do it at this level at that time? So I thought that the, those games were feeling out times for him. But then from there, we, we got right back to being involved in the game. And I think for, for him, uh, continue to learn on the defensive side where to be in terms of positioning when you're away from the ball understanding who you're guarding, which I think he's done a good job with who I'm guarding, what they do one-on-one. Um, and then being able to – think the quote that you said during the game was he realized he's the same size as the majority of these guys that are out there playing. Yeah. And he has a, that bounce to his game. And so uh, it, it's just been fun to watch him game to game start to figure it out a little bit more, a little bit more of what he can do to be effective. But the word that I, I, I'm going to continue to use for him is just activity. Being involved in the basketball game. And I think it was it. the Toronto game. Be- because I wanted to see a game where he's, he's impactful without scoring. Yes. And he was yes. in that game. Yeah, and that, that's, that's what I say. Because he has, he has a, 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 so much more than, yes, he can make shots. We've seen him put the ball on the floor. But he's rebounding. He's, he's aggressive to get rebounds mm-hmm. from that position. Uh, and and the, on the defensive side, I thought the big game for him, even – was the Golden State game here when he played against Kaminga, somebody who is you look at and say size wise we're similar physically Kaminga just probably a little bit be, a little bit fit more physical at this point just because of the years that he's had but he was able to learn how to guard him as the game went on and, and I think he'll continue to learn how to guard people but the other thing is he, he's going to get accustomed to now people having video and tape on what he does right and so now that's the next level of adjusting to how defensively they're going to play me. Now guys will probably run at him more at the line because he's shooting the ball well, putting the ball on the floor. We've seen him do that. We've seen him go hard to dunk. We've seen him be able to use the Euro step. We've seen him be able to get to the free throw line. So the variety that he has on that side, just the variety in his game in general, uh, has been fun to watch. guy we haven't shouted out the last couple of shows, Xavier Tillman. Oh, man. Xavier Tillman, remember when Ja came back? Yep. Because Xavier struggled to start the season. Yes, he did. And we thought, wow, Ja being back made Xavier play his best basketball. Yep. Well, he's playing his best basketball still. Now that, with all the guys down. I mean, he came off the bench and played really well. Man, shout out X. The thing, the thing about X is he, 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 is, he is integral to winning on where, wherever he'll be. And whatever that role is, starting sometimes, coming off the bench, playing his role, uh, he's another one of those guys that makes winning plays. And the thing that I give him so much credit for is 
on the defensive side. The way that he's able to move his feet, how he communicates on that side. But he goes from defending bigs to defending guards, keeping guards in front, contesting shots. But he always gets himself back in the mix of rebounding, mm-hmm. which is not easy to do. To be able to have someone, plant, you're playing a one-on-one, I got to contest a shot, he's always right back into the play. The other thing he's done a good job of is understanding angles on how to defend drives to the basket. When someone makes a, so many times in the league, when someone makes a move to the basket, a lot of times the first step for a defensive player is to go towards the offensive guy instead of opening and beating him to the next spot. He does a great job at being able to open and beat you to the next spot. Now, does it, is it, does, am I going to block the shot? But it puts him in a position to contest every shot that goes up. And so his hands defensively always getting deflections. And then on the offensive end, setting great screens, rolling to the basket. He's knocked down a couple of threes. But, but for me, I would love to see him just continue to run hard and get to that dunker spot. So that when he's there, it's a catch finish with the floater. Um, but but I, listen, they, they, they miss when he doesn't play and he's, out, he's not in games and can't be in a rotation. They miss his effect on the game. Yeah. Um, shout out again to Jacob Gilliard. I, I really enjoy watching him play. He, he, he had a play in Miami. I thought it was great. And Pete pointed it out on the broadcast where he turned it over. Yes. And how upset he got. Yes. The back door to Roddy. He, yep. he and Roddy had the miscommunication. But that pass he had to Conchar that threaded the needle. On the break. For the layup on the break. I mean, his hands and his... His own, the only thing holding him back is his size. I mean, he's he's got the hands, the steals that he gets. His vision on on the passing is has been terrific. And and I did notice the last couple of games him getting in the paint more. It's the bit, it's something that we talk about all the time. Yeah, I, I told, I, I felt like that was the that was the next step for him. We not receives knocks down the stands, knocks down the standstill threes. But I thought coming off these screens and pressing the issue a little bit more in terms of getting getting himself and in, down into the paint. It doesn't mean having to get there again to score. But it does, once you do that, it's human nature for the defense to have to react to it. And then now what has happened is off of those reactions, maybe the next pass, the pass that he makes leads to an assist to a shot, but it gets the ball moving, and now the defense is in retreat mode. They're, coming, they're having to go in, and now they're having to get out. And the Grizzlies have done a great job of moving the basketball and having second and third drives to the basket. You think back... To be in early in the year, we would maybe have one drive, mm-hmm. maybe have one, and then it was just get a shot from the three point line or something. But now they've they've been able to have multiple attacks of the basket, and I think that if for him to come off some of those screens and gets to that top of the key, it used to be top of the key to the free throw line, us oh, it's a pass immediately. Mm-hmm. But to be able to see him now take go one more dribble, and that one more dribble, even if I don't get a shot, you can continue to dribble out. I mean, right. I, I, I say sometimes size. People think size is all is always a deficit, but it's an asset because as low as I am, who's going to get the ball from me? Right. So if I'm if I'm staying that low and I get there and it's not a shot opportunity, I can't make this. Oh well, I'll just keep on dribbling out and we'll go. We'll get into something else. But but I, I think that has been that's been nice to see him take those steps of touch the paint. I come off of the screen. Just touch it a little bit. See what they do. And now that starts the ball movement for this team. In our new segment of Who's That Guy of the Week, the Zippin' Pippin', (laughs) Scotty Pippin' Jr. Good for him. Good for – I mean, I I always find it fun to see guys who get these opportunities. 
And his opportunity is a little bit better than, you know, others. I mean, it, it wasn't a 10-day. It's a two-way deal. And uh, so that's a little secure. Um, and, and I enjoyed the game in Miami in that early in the game, he, he did not look for a shot at all. Right. Just looked to try and get others involved and try to get other shots. But then as the game got on, he got more comfortable. And when he got the shot, he took the shot. When he got the drive to the basket, he would take the drive to the basket. He played really well. And it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun to watch Scottie Pippen Jr. Uh, really meaningful minutes, his debut, I would say, with the Grizzlies in Miami. Critical minutes. Yeah. I'm talking about late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. early I mean, minutes too. Yeah, listen, and then you get when you get into to the late game situation, they needed baskets. He was able to score baskets by getting to the rim, finishing around the bat around yeah. the rim. And then the big play was gets into the paint. They draw the defense. He kicks it to Vince in the corner for the three pointer. I mean, it, it was it was a game in which the Grizzlies should get a lot of credit for being able to withstand runs. Mm-hmm. Because Miami continued to make a run. They continued to get themselves, put themselves in position to now maybe get over that hump. The fans thought it was going to happen, but the Grizzlies continued to make play after play after play until it just got down to where the, the Miami ran out of time because yeah. the Grizzlies kept making plays. And I thought uh, that, that Scotty did a, a, a good job of playing under control, reading the moment, whether it was a pull-up jump shot, whether it was getting all the way to the basket. Um, it, it, was, it was fun to watch a guy who had just gotten here. I mean, he'd been here a week, just learned a couple of plays probably. But to credit to Taylor and that he empowers everyone to still go out and be yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, be the player that you are. Don't try to fit into any particular mode. Uh, and he was able to, to, to have success from it. It was cool. Um, so, the Grizzlies, uh, first of all, we'll look back at, at those teams we, we – We've talked plenty about Minnesota. Uh, we didn't talk a lot about Chicago last week because you just don't see Chicago a lot. But after seeing them, would any, anything stand out about them? I mean, they were good against the Grizzlies. Right, the Grizzlies didn't play well. No. I, I think it's, so they're, they're, uh, listen, they're, they're a team that's going to be – they were fast breaking because we had the turnovers. Aren't they just kind of caught, stuck? I, very much so. And, and – and I know they play better. It, I mean, sometimes you you find to be that under radar team yeah. that doesn't get a lot of fanfare. But you you have a couple winning streaks. You only lose a couple, and they've they've been able with uh, Levine being out. Uh, they found a way to play. Uh, Kobe White has continued to to elevate his game. Uh, Demar Derozan has done. They've done less with him in terms of usage, but starting to get more from him. And that way, and so I think they're they'll be they're 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 not a big interior defensive team, and so if teams can get it up and down, if you can beat them off the dribble, uh, if you can you can you can grab some extra possessions with some offensive rebounds, that might hurt them. But um, there's just there's a level of toughness to their team that that I think they'll 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 beat it. But it's it's nothing nothing that jumps off the page about them. No, uh, Toronto is uh, well, they've turned their roster over. Uh, we've talked about them as well. And then Miami. Um, in trouble. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you could say, oh, well, Miami overlooked the Grizzlies. But, but you point out this, this is a trend for Miami. Well, it's the reason why they made the trade. Mm-hmm. Because they felt like they, they were just stagnant. Yeah. And, and, it's, and sometimes you got to use what you got to be able to get something else. And, and, and Kyle Lowry was, was uh, the fall guy in that. And, and he'll go somewhere to some – 
uh, playoff contending team, and and he'll he'll make them better and do that. But they felt like they needed more scoring. They needed they needed an injection of life. I still believe. I say it all the time when we talk about it. They still need a point guard. They still need someone who is going to orchestrate it all. Yeah. And if you watch and watching their watching that game, watching the previous games, they just look very disjointed in what in what they're doing. And now, I mean, you can say, well, we'll when the playoffs come, they got veteran guys. I mean, they have guys that that can do it, but they they're still going to need someone to be able to put it all together. Or they're going to have to have those those out of this world Jimmy Butler games that they were able to have in order to get them to where they where they have been going. And and so. Um, Hero played last night, right? Yeah, Hero, he played, and he, he got a couple of drives to the basket, a couple of floaters in that fourth quarter. <laughs> um, Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson's the one. Yeah, but who's getting them shots? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's his his thing is he's a guy that needs to run off screens. He needs someone to be able to break down the defense, kick it to him, understanding time and situation. Like so, who's that person that does that? They don't have that guy. Right. They got a bunch of guys who are good individually. To be able to to get you baskets if it's going well, but not one of them is good in terms of making the next person better. Right, and I think that's where they that's where they're going to struggle. Uh, up next for the Grizzlies, we got Orlando. Uh, that'll be an interesting game. They're an interesting team, exciting team, big team. Yeah, um, and and Mosley hasn't played good. He hasn't playing. He hasn't playing really, really good basketball. They play together, and the. the the biggest thing of why when young teams can be good is when there's a level of accountability. And I think he has been able to instill that in them. Uh, but they do it with one another. So uh, it'll, be fun. It's, it'll be fun to see them. It's, it's, it's one of those teams that you can see they were, they were getting better, getting better. Would they be able to get there with the young guy? And they, they've gotten there to where they're, they're not an easy out at all. Yeah, and then at, at Indiana, won't be easy. No, uh, and I, I don't – even with – yeah, the Halliburton probably still won't be back at that point. Yeah. Um, but they get Siakam. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how defensively how much better they have gotten, how much better they can be to that to be able to give them a real chance. You can't just run up and down the floor and score. I mean, Rick Carlisle has continued to say, even when they were winning and putting up those numbers, he just he 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 knows that in order to be able to win and win in the playoffs, they they gonna have to find some level of consistency on the defensive end. Well, in Sacramento at home, and and it's it's incredible. We were talking about it last night. This Grizzlies team is over five hundred at home. Last year on the road, on the road. Oh, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Last year, the Grizzlies, as a two seed in the Western Conference, went sixteen and twenty five on the road. The Grizzlies are thirteen and twelve on the road this season. That's insane. Got and, and you just there. There's no explanation for it other than the cliche explanations of well, you're away from home right. and you're together with your guys and it's just us against them and blah blah blah. But it's but it's crazy and you 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 just love to see if this team could just do some things at home that. So I think what it, I think kind of what it is in, in some ways is when you when they go on the road, these teams that they're playing, especially as shorthanded as they are, there's a little human nature letdown. Sure. Because you're at home, this team's coming in. We don't really know these guys. Sorry, John we'll Conchar, Jacob yeah. Gilliard are starting. Exactly, Gigi Jackson. Who is yeah. like like who like we we don't really know these guys. So it is 
it's like, oh well, it'll be okay. But when they when these teams go on the road though, it's hard. It's 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 a lot easier for you to be involved in the game because you're on the road. You're not at home. Yeah. But for the Grizzlies, it's still they're still that same team, but they have now a more engaged opponent. Maybe from the beginning. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, no, that's that's a good that's, point. That's uh, to me. I don't think only... about the other teams. I think about us. Why? Why we can't win at home? But thinking about the other team, I think you're right. That that's to me is the only the the only type explanation that you can you can have. But they could just find just a little bit of this the magic that they have found on the road. Just a little bit at home. Uh, and, and, I mean, listen, you never you never know what happens, and and and. Who knows? You are you? Can you work your way into a plan? The thing about it is, it's it's good to give yourself a chance to win every night. It's good to say that the expectations are whatever you create. Yeah, that's where this team is at right now. The expectation is whatever you create. It, there is no one. There's nothing outside that says you should do this. You should no. It's literally what you guys are able to create. And and I and I'm I'm happy that they're they're taking advantage of. It. Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, NFL picks. You uh. Your six and zero perfect record is over. Bro, I lost twice. Yeah, you're eight and two on these picks. I'm eight and two as well, uh, although I'm just five and five against the spread. But uh, yeah, I don't forget that spread. So. I know, but eight. And okay, two. Who, so we got uh, we got the Chiefs at the Ravens. Ravens. The Ravens are a four point favorite Sunday at two o'clock. Sunday at two o'clock. I I'm I'm riding the Ravens. I just I haven't cho- I haven't picked the Chiefs yet. I don't think. I don't know, uh, they've 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 done me in. Yeah. But I'm gonna go. I no, I, I've showed the Chiefs the first game. Uh, yeah, but, they played Miami. Yeah, and that, Miami that, had to go. To that the had to go to. They had to go there. That was yeah. that was an easy choice. Um, I'm going with the Ravens for the simple fact that the Ravens defense is really good. Yep. And they're really good at at all three levels of being good. Yep. And so. Um, I think they can put a little pressure on Mahomes, make them have to be be great again. I think they got enough with their linebackers uh, that they can they can be in a position that if he tries to scramble, somebody can be there because their their secondary is good enough that you don't have to cover up too much. Um, so I, I think and and then I, I think Lamar's on a he's on a mission to get to where he he expects himself to be. Might be more heart than head, but I'm going with the Chiefs. <laughs> I'm going with the Chiefs straight up over the Baltimore Ravens. I, I just last week was a big yes. convincing win for me. I agree. That it's playoff time and it's playoff Chiefs. Yes. Kelsey was great. Yep. Mahomes. Mahomes was great. Fantastic. And then the the the, the, the diamond in the rough has been Pacheco. Pacheco's been amazing. Man. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the Chiefs. I think okay. it's playoff time, so I'll I'll go with the Chiefs straight up over the uh, over the Ravens, and then we have the Lions at the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Niners are favored by a touchdown. How about this? How about when did you think that we you would sit here and contemplate? Am I gonna take the Lions? The Lions. <laughs> like I'm like literally when we talked about doing this today, I literally was sitting around like, uh, like this is not just a foregone conclusion. And the only reason we took the Lions last week because it was Baker Mayfield, <laughs> right? <laughs> but this this time it's Brock Purdy who just continues to play fantastic football. I mean, 
the Debo Samuel thing, I think, is, plays a plays a role. I know he he, he they don't yeah. really know with the shoulder situation, um, but I, I feel like I can't go against my Stanford boy Christian McCaffrey again. I did. I thought they. I got really close on my upset with Green Bay. I had a, I had a vibe oh, about my. Green Bay. Oh, what and, a disappointing and, finish and, that and, was. If the damn kicker, man, do your job. You get you gotta do one thing. If he makes the field goal earlier in the quarter, then all that, that touchdown did was tie the game. And now you don't have to be as risky in the end of the in, in the end. Um but I, 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 I gotta I gotta go with the 49ers. I think I'm gonna go with San Francisco to win, but I'll take Detroit to cover. So uh okay. my, against the spread thing, I'm gonna go with both dogs. But I'll take the Chiefs to win straight up and I'll take uh, San Francisco. I'm with you on San Francisco. I think they beat the Lions. San Francisco's just really good. And and we I, I think the Super Bowl I think most would have believed weeks ago San Francisco and Baltimore were the two best teams. Yeah. And it could be San Francisco, Baltimore. But if it's San Francisco and the Chiefs again, uh, I, I think you'd have a great Super Bowl as well. The Lions just throw a wrench into the whole deal because the thought of the Lions in the Super Bowl is just bizarre in itself. All right, but it's just, it's just like you, 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 you just you can't go against them, though. And, and here's the thing why I take San Francisco. I think they got the scare from Green Bay last week. Right. I think that was the scare of this is a team that's, that's kind of just high, riding high. Will they get there? Um so I think that that puts them in a, a better position. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, that's going to do it for us. Oh, one more thing. Oh, yeah. I talk about this Milwaukee Bucks situation. Oh, that's right. Milwaukee yeah, Bucks, they fire Adrian Griffin after a 30-13 and 13 start. Number two in the East. Yeah. At that time, tied for the second best record in the association. Yeah. And the thing was, we don't think that he could get us to a championship. Well, you didn't think Budenholzer can do it. He did. He did. They were able to do it, but then all of a sudden it wasn't good enough. Right. Adrian Griffin comes this year, and now all of a sudden he's lost the locker room. These are the things that people are, are saying, and guys aren't getting along with them. They don't think he can do it. Well, they don't but, trust him. But, but the thing is, you, something got you to be 30 and 13 in some way, shape, or form. So to me, at, at any point, there had to have been at least some level of conversation to say, all right, this is kind of where we think, and as a player, you got veteran guys that are there. This is kind of what we're seeing. You're a new coach. How can we, how can we talk this out? But to fire a guy when your team is second in the freaking Eastern Conference and has a second best record in the NBA and say, oh, well, no, we don't think you can do it. It's absolutely mind-boggling to me. Yeah. And, and when I saw it, and, and Adrian's a friend of mine, and so I wish him, I, I wish him the best moving forward. I think he's, he has a great mind for the game he's been around. Uh, but that that to me was just that was just absolutely messed up, and and uh, I can tell you that I'll, I'll root hard against Milwaukee as the season goes along. I mean, it means nothing to those people, but for me, that that to do somebody in that fashion when you're successful, not losing, not struck like you're successful, and you just won two in, two in a row. They had won five out of six. It's like how how the hell do you how do what else are you supposed to do? As a coach, like there, there's still some of this that that goes on to you guys. Got to go out there and play the game, also. Mm-hmm. Like so, go out there. If you feel like it's not better, what can we do better? Is there? Can we? You can sit down and talk. Let's talk about what can we do better. But just to be like, all right, no, well, we're gonna fire this guy. Uh, I, I don't wish any success at all for that team. I uh, it was it's the last coach to be fired 
this early in the season with a record like that was David Blatt of Cleveland. But at least they hated him for a year and a half. Thank, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a first. It was, like, right? it, it was always, it was like, oh, we just don't know about his style, his name, whatever. It, it was at least there was some level of a track record. Yeah. This was one year of being 30 and freaking 13. I can't imagine Adrian Griffin was saw it coming. How could you? Well, the thing from the from the guy that I know is also not a person that you can't talk to. Like we couldn't sit down and have a conversation and saying like, what's like, what do we think the problem are that it's not clicking the way that you think? Like, where else did you think you were supposed to be at this point? Yeah. Where, at what other point? You you got a new player in Damian Lillard. You got to adjust. To what that's going to be like playing with him with another star guy and Giannis on the floor, mixing that in with everybody else. Like, there was going to be a level. So, while you're adjusting, you're still the fucking second best team in the association. Yeah. And then you get fired? Oh, that, 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 that is, that's crazy to me. It is crazy. Uh, what's unsettled out in Washington as well, although he moves into a front office position. So, that record was kind of speaks for himself. Yeah, that was going to happen at, at some point. All right, and that's going to do it for us here on Night Court. Uh, make sure you tune in each and every week. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, you can catch us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure you tell your friends about the show, and uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. You can follow the show at Night Court 22. You can follow Brevin at Brevin Night 22, and you can follow me at The Fish Nation. And uh, tune into the Grizzlies games uh, back at it Friday night against the Orlando Magic on Valley Sports Southeast. Until next time, we'll talk again next week for because we got to do our football picks. I mean, yes, this has become very important. <laughs> uh, until next week for Brevin, I'm Fish. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week here on Night Court. Peace.